I'm going to take a couple minutes here um, and just talk a little bit about this series that we're stepping into, Advent, Joy to the World. Advent is basically, talks about, Advent means arrival. So when we celebrate Advent, what we're celebrating is the arrival of a person, that person being Jesus, the Messiah. And so in Christian communities all around the world, we are all together celebrating the same thing during this time, and that is the arrival of Jesus on earth. So in the midst of the excitement of Christmas gatherings and shopping and finding gifts and also in the midst of really hard, hard stuff as many of you are, are celebrating Christmas for the first time without a loved one because of the loss of a loved one. Or maybe it's because there's literal tension in the home that Christmas gatherings aren't as fun. The, what we need to remember is that Advent is all about celebrating the arrival of Jesus. So as I was thinking about Advent this year, the song Joy to the World came to my mind and I looked it up and I went through the lyrics and I read through the lyrics and I thought, wow, let's, what would it be like if this was our theme this year? Joy to the world and more specifically, bringing joy to the world. The song Joy to the World was written uh, back in seven, early 1700s by a pastor named Isaac Watts. And it was really written more as a song of deliverance than it was a Christmas, Christmas carol or celebrating Christ's birth. In fact, uh, Isaac Watts put together a whole hymnal, and the hymnal was called Songs of David Imitated. And what he did is he looked at different Psalms of David, and he wrote, rewrote them with a perspective of the New Testament, of Christ having already come and died and rose again. And so, Joy to the World is from the Psalm 98. And I'm going to take a moment and read Psalm 98. It's nine verses long. I'm not going to put the words up on the screen, but I'm going to ask you just to listen to these words and hear this psalm of deliverance. Sing to the Lord a new song, for He has done marvelous things. His right hand and His holy arm have worked salvation for Him. The Lord has made His salvation known and revealed His righteousness to the nations. He has remembered His love and His faithfulness to Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, and with the harp and the sound of singing. With trumpets and the blast of a ram's horn, shout for joy before the Lord, the King. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples with equity. So Isaac Watts wrote Joy to the World, and then he had this kind of known composer, George Handel. You know Handel's Messiah? 
come along and kind of help them out with the music side of it. And thus, we have the song that we sing, Joy to the World. Joy is a key theme all the way through the Bible from the beginning to the end. There is talk of joy and rejoicing and shouts for joy. And so joy is this feeling of great happiness and pleasure. And sometimes we think of feeling, we think of emotions that just kind of rise up whenever. But joy is more than just an emotion that rise up whenever. Joy is also a choice. I choose to live with joy. It's Philippians 4, 4 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. It, I'm going to choose to rejoice. It's not necessarily just my feelings. Then I, I have the right feelings, and so now I have joy. It's sometimes in the midst of the hard stuff, we shout for joy. Psalms 105 tells us that he brought out his people with rejoicing, his chosen ones with shouts of joy. And this psalmist is talking about the deliverance of Israel. They've just come out, come out of Egypt, and so they're rejoicing and they have shouts of joy. But then the interesting thing is just a couple of days later, what are they doing? They're complaining, right? Where's the food? Where's the water? Are we going to die here in the wilderness? Joy is more than just temporary feeling. Joy is an everlasting emotion. From the standpoint of Isaiah 51, the writer Isaiah puts down, he says, Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. Even as we celebrate Advent, the angels came and they were with the shepherds as they were out taking care of the sheep. And what did the angels say? Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. There's so much more that we can say about joy. But the reality is that biblical joy is a decision, a profound decision where I'm putting my faith and hope in the one who gives joy, Jesus. In the one who gives life and love. In the one who, as we said before communion, promises to give us life and life abundantly. When I put my faith and hope in Him, I experience joy. Now to our song here are the words of the first verse, and I just put these up in the, on the screen because I'm going to kind of launch off for just a couple of minutes on this first verse. Listen to these words. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and heaven and nature sing. The first verse tells us that there is joy in the world because the Lord has come. So, since the Lord has come, the question is, have you received her king? And, are you preparing in your heart room 
for the king. So as we talk about bringing joy to the world, the first thing we need to do in order to bring joy to the world is that we need to make room for the king. Now we know our, the stories in the beginning of Luke and Matthew, the story, the Advent story, the story of Mary and Joseph. Um, and I just want to remind us a couple of things about Joseph and Mary, because they are two people who made room for the king in their life. You know, Joseph, we don't know a ton about Joseph. We assume that he was a carpenter because Jesus became a carpenter. So in that day and age, most likely the son followed in the footsteps of the father. So most likely Joseph was a carpenter. We know that he was pledged to be married to Mary. Uh, we know that uh, he was, according to this story that we find in the beginning of Matthew, that he was faithful to the law of the land and that he was a good man because we, we hear in the story that when he found out that Mary was pregnant, that he was going to divorce her quietly, divorce her because that is what any good law-abiding man would do if he found out his wife was pregnant by <clears throat> another man or another way, he would quietly, or he would divorce her, and because he, so he's a law-abiding man, and he's a good man, because he's going to do it quietly, he's not going to make a stink about it, that's his plan, that's his world, and then an angel shows up to him in a dream, and the angel says, no, 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 no don't be afraid, Joseph, take Mary as your wife, what she has conceived is from the Holy Spirit. And you will name this son Jesus. Why? Because this son will save the world. So how did Joseph respond when this angel came? He said, okay. And he took Mary as his wife. Now we, we don't... We don't um, think about all the things that Joseph experienced in that process. People heard. People heard the stories that Mary was pregnant outside of Mary. They, they, who knows what kind of talk was going on. And yet Joseph responded to the call of God on his life. Mary very similar, we don't know a lot about Mary either, other than that she's a virgin and she's pledged to be married to Joseph. Um, we, we know that these two things are important because it helps fulfill prophecy. Prophecy said that the Messiah would come, born to a virgin, the lineage of David, and so Joseph is of the lineage of David. So these are important things. We don't know her age, but we can guess that she's probably around 14 or 15 because in that culture, in that day, that's generally when young women got married is in that age. We don't know that she was planning anything else in life, most likely. That, her whole plan, because again, in her culture, her whole plan was to get married to Joseph, bear him children, and serve him. That's, that's the culture. That's what it was about. And all of a sudden, for her, an angel shows up and says, um, Hi. 
most favored one. Most favored one. Now again, this Mary would not be used to hearing this. She would never think of any angel showing up and telling her that she is a favored one. Because, and again, in that culture, women are viewed as inferior. And she already had her life played out. It was marriage, serve her husband, and have children. And here comes the angel of the Lord saying, Greetings, you who are highly favored. Naturally, there's fear in Mary's heart, and she's got lots of questions, at least one question. So, you say I'm going to have a baby, I'm a virgin, how is this going to happen? And the angel tells her that the Holy Spirit will come upon her and she will conceive and not to be afraid. And then we know, because we've heard many times what Mary's response is. Mary's response is, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Notice again her response to the king. May your word be fulfilled. So as we talk about making room for the king, how do we make room for the king in our lives, in our hearts? Well, first way we make room for the king is recognizing that there is a king. We have to stand, start right there. Jesus is king of kings, lord of lords. There is nobody else that is king. You see, we don't fully grasp the idea of a king because we don't live in a country where there are kings. Yes, we have a president, we have governors and that kind of stuff, but nobody rules our life. It's my life. I do what I want. In, In a country where there's a king, things are different. And so first and foremost, we need to realize that there is a king. Second thing for making room for the king is recognizing that I am a servant of the king. In other words, the first thing in my life as a follower of Jesus is to recognize that everything comes under submission to the King of Kings. In fact, Paul says in Colossians 3, do everything in word or deed in the name of the Lord. That's, that's what that's all about. It's like it, my work, my relationships, just my everyday life, I do it as a servant of the king. I do it for his glory and his honor. And so I make room for the king when I recognize that I am a servant to the king. The third thing is I need to recognize that the king is going to make kingdom requests of me. That means he's going to ask me to do things that are outside of my comfort zone, that go against the culture I live in, and go against my religious traditions and practices of my day. You see, we're, we're, we get that God pushes me outside of my comfort zone, and we get that he goes against the culture that's out there, but often Jesus asks me to step outside of my religious traditions, and practices. Because again, remember, Joseph had every right 
according to the law, to divorce Mary. But he didn't. The fourth thing is recognizing, and the last thing is recognizing that no word from God will ever fail. So when God calls me to step out and serve him as king, yes, it may be hard. Yes, there may be struggles. Yes, it's not going to be easy because if we look at the story of Joseph and Mary, it was not an easy journey, but his word will never fail. So, in conclusion, as we celebrate this Advent, as we choose to bring joy to the world, my request of you is that you make room for the King in your heart. Make room and listen to what He is calling you to do and who He is calling you to be. Because the king wants you to bring joy to the world. That's why he came. That's why he reconciled us with God and made us ministers of reconciliation. Okay? So Jesus came. I'm reconciled with God. Now, I and you are ministers of reconciliation. We bring joy to the world so that people can see they can be reconciled to God through Jesus. So we have, and Matthew went through the list at the beginning of the service, we have some opportunities, for simple opportunities for you to, during this season, bring joy to the world. And so we're asking you to partner and, and to do this. And, and there's some that are really simple, like the wrap Christmas presents. It's really simple. You come, you wrap presents. It's really simple. And these presents go to people who are in need. So we're going to wrap some presents. We're going to eat some pizza together. We're going to pray for these presents. And then somebody else is going to take them and and deliver them. It's really simple. This is partnering with Community Helping Hands to help them do their ministry. Others are going to be a little harder, like sharing food boxes. I mean, that means you praying about who's a family that needs food. It's you writing a name down. It's you grabbing a list and going and shopping. It's you bringing the food back, putting it in a box, and you delivering that food to those people and blessing them and praying for them. That's going to take a little more, but it's a way for us to bring joy. We're, we're just trying to give you opportunities, because sometimes we don't think about it, ways that you can bring joy to the world. And then there's a really hard way for us to bring joy to the world. And that is you, as a household, get together every day and ask Jesus, your king, to enter into your world and show you where you should bring joy. Is it a neighbor? Is it a coworker? Is it a friend? And then how do you bring joy to that person? That's going to take more work. It's going to be a little harder. 
But my challenge to you this season of Advent is that each one of you be a servant of the King and bring joy to the world. Because the Lord is come. Let the earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And let heaven and nature sing. Let us pray. Father, we thank You so much for the fact that You um, sent Your Son Jesus. And as we celebrate this, this time, this Advent season, celebrate Jesus' coming, bringing joy to the world, I, I pray that You would stir crossroads and that we would be a place that brings joy to the world. Not, not just today, not just this Advent season, but crossroads would be known in this community as a church that brings joy to our community. We need your Spirit to fall on us and to direct us and guide us. We can't do it on our own. We need you. And so we, we're, wherever we're not giving you room, we open up our hearts to give you room to be king. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand for the benediction. Hold your hands out in reception. And now I pray that the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. And I pray that he would enlighten the eyes of your heart so that you may know the hope that he's called you to that you may know the glorious inheritance that you have with all the saints, and that you may know his incredibly great power for us who believe, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. And all God's people said, Amen. Go in peace.